had a story of Jesus And it sounded like music in my ear Wonderful story of Jesus Dispels my doubts and all my
your hands for Jesus. Are you enjoying the conference? You may be seated. just spotted one of my powerful crusade directors, Reverend Ebo Ankara. Please stand up and give them away. On the Healing Jesus campaign directors. We are still debating whether he's a Ghanaian or a Swiss man. He looks like a white man. But it's a blessing. I mean, this is just day one of the conference. I mean, it's like we've been here for five days. You see why tomorrow you are coming with more people? Yes. We are doing gathering here tomorrow, practically before we even go to our church to do gathering there. Anybody you believe has a call of God on his life or her life, some of you pastors, there are some ladies who are serving tea and bread in your office. They are pastors. You have made them into waiters and waitresses. 
they are, they are women who can build churches for you. So call them tonight that the tea and bread is over. They should come for anointing to become pastors. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another moment I believe your ministry has been waiting for. This morning, we had a taste of the grace of God upon this man. He's a giant, not only in our nation, but also on the continent of Africa and the nations beyond. A very anointed man whose ministry has influenced many pastors and many ministries. An experienced pastor whom has been, who has been used by God to build many churches, and many lives. He's a pastor of the Light of the World Cathedral right down here at Collegono. A church which gathers thousands of people on Sunday. This morning, as he taught on the Holy Spirit, I realized that just like Bishop Prince, he was also speaking from himself he was just speaking practically and I believe that tonight as he comes again to take the microphone that anointing we felt this morning will travel in your direction once again he has been involved for years in the training of pastors both informally in his church and also as the Vice-Chancellor of the Anakazo Bible and Ministry Training Center. Ladies and gentlemen, it is with excitement and joy that we welcome again to the Bread of Life Art of Shepherding Conference, Bishop Emmanuel Lewis in temple. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. May be seated. Hallelujah. Are you blessed to be here tonight? Let us pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence and guidance. Thank you, Father, for another opportunity you have given unto us this evening. We love you. Guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. How many of us have Learn how to gather and why we must gather. Hallelujah. It's been so refreshing listening to Bishop Prince teaching us why we must gather. 
The reason why sometimes we don't do something is because we don't know why. Do you understand it? In fact, the word why is one of the commonest spoken words. And that is because a lot of things are hidden. And a lot of things are in darkness. The whole of life hinges on the revelation of what is behind something. Hallelujah. So, I believe that as was share of us, why we must gather? Because even as pastors, sometimes we don't have people because we don't know why we must gather. You know, but light has come. Darkness has been dispelled. That was very powerful, Bishop Prince. Put your hands together for the Lord, for God's servant. Hallelujah. Once again, I want to thank Bishop Ogo for the opportunity to speak at this conference. How many of you are enjoying the conference already? Did a blessing, wonderful conference where we are being taught how we can become better shepherds of God's sheep. Amen. Well, I am speaking, as I said in the morning, on the subject of the Holy Spirit and effective shepherding. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, we said in the morning that Jesus sent to us the Holy Spirit as our helper. The work of the ministry, winning the lost, gathering the lost, caring for the sheep, growing the church, cannot be done by a human being. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, when I go, I'll pray to the Father so that he will send you a helper. But not any type of helper, a helper just like me. Hallelujah. And we realize that for 30 years of his existence on earth, Jesus did not attempt to do ministry until he himself received the helper. And it is because many of us have disregarded this helper that is why we are struggling. I showed you in the morning that the Holy Spirit is on earth. He's been here more than 2,000 years. And his assignment is to help us, to influence us. I was telling you that's why Bishop Dark wrote a book, The Sweet Influences of the Holy Spirit. The influences, the effects. Amen. The Holy Spirit in a ministry, the Holy Spirit in the life of a man of God is like a sharpened knife, a sharpened cutlass. It makes clearing very smooth and easy. So that is why the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 10.10 10, that if the iron be blunt, then must you put forth more strength. You struggle without the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, even though the Holy Spirit is on earth, many of us do not benefit from his influence. 
and his help in our ministry. And the reason is because of two things. I want to talk about one of them tonight and Goblin tomorrow will take the other one. Now, for you to receive the help of anybody, most of the time, you must know them. Most of the time, you must know them. You may know them directly or even indirectly, but the reality is that people are not so open to helping total strangers. Now, occasionally people may help, but it is more difficult for all of us to help total strangers. I mean, if after this, you know, tonight, as we are going, somebody just approaches and my name is John Mensa. You know, I live in this place. I want to start a business. Please, can you give me 2,000 Ghana cities? You know, you, you look at a person and you wonder, who is this person? But if you met somebody that you knew and somebody who knows you, you are more likely to be thinking about helping that person. Hallelujah. The other reason why we do not benefit from the help of the Holy Spirit is because you may know somebody who can help you, but you have not interacted with the person. You have not interacted. You have not interacted. So if, 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 if I knew that Bishop Prince can help teach my church members, my pastors, my shepherds, how we can gather the sheep and to be fruitful. One of the things I have to do is to interact with him. So that he will understand my mind and my heart. Hallelujah. So, we do not benefit from the Holy Spirit, number one, because we don't know him. And number two, because we don't interact with him. Now, tonight, I want to believe God to teach you about this Holy Spirit. So that, so that our appetite, you know, to know him will be stimulated. Hallelujah. Because like I said, you can never benefit really from somebody that you don't know. Amen. So tonight, I'm going to be giving you a lot of teaching. Do you want a lot of teaching? Do you want a lot of teaching? Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight, I want to talk about the personality of the Holy Spirit. When I say the personality of the Holy Spirit, the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, the Holy Spirit is not wind. It's not a, a certain natural force. It's not a certain um, um, ability moving around. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit is a divine person. I explained to you in the morning that 
he is the third person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, it is very important for us to understand the revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person. When you see somebody as a person, alright, you would begin to know the person. You would try to know the person. You would make attempts to know the person. And when you see somebody as a person, you make the effort to interact with them, to get close to them, to know them. Hallelujah. One of the greatest tragedies in the church today is that most Christians do not know the Holy Spirit. And you remember in John 16, 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless, orphans, I'll come back to you. So if you don't know the Holy Spirit, what it means is that you walk around in the ministry as an orphan. Somebody without help. Because the person who is supposed to help you, you don't know the person. Can I have an amen? So, one of the main things that I want us to understand this evening is that this Holy Spirit that we are talking about is a person. It's a person. Lift up your right hand and say, the Holy Spirit is a person. Hallelujah. Eh? There are three things that makes people persons. Amen. Humans or persons have will, they have emotions or feelings, and they have intellect. Hallelujah. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person because all the distinctive characteristics of a person can be ascribed to the Holy Spirit. All the distinctive characteristics. What makes people people? You can find it in the Holy Spirit. Both in terms of his nature and in terms of what he does. So let's look at in terms of his nature. Number one, the Holy Spirit has knowledge. The Holy Spirit has knowledge. First Corinthians chapter 2 verses 10 to 12. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. So this scripture is showing us that the Holy Spirit has knowledge. He knows things. Through the Holy Spirit, we can know all things. Now, as a pastor trying to shepherd God's sheep, alright, you must know that the helper in your life, he knows about all the things that is going on in your ministry. He knows. 
In fact, as a pastor, as a minister, as a shepherd, as a church worker, your understanding of the things of God is very limited. Your understanding even about what God is doing, how God wants to use you, how God wants you to do it, all right, is very, very limited. Very, very limited. Only the helper in your life knows everything. He knows everything. Can I have an amen? Paul and his co-workers knew that they had to go to Macedonia to preach. In Acts chapter 16 from verse 6, they wanted to go to Bithynia. They wanted to go to Phrygia. They wanted to go to Mysia. Now, all of them were great places. But the Holy Spirit, the Bible said, prevented them. Why? Because he knew where they had to go. He knew that they had to go to Macedonia. So he gave them a vision, as 69, and then the Bible says that once Paul had that vision, he was sure that Macedonia, they must go. And listen, do you know how significant it was for them to go to Macedonia? Phrygia, Mysia, all these other places were in a place called Asia Minor. So they have been ministering there for a long time. And God now had the plan to bring the gospel to Europe. Macedonia is present-day Greece. So God wanted to bring the gospel to Europe. But they were intending and intended to keep the gospel in Asia. They did not know the agenda of God. But the Holy Spirit, who was their helper, knew. How do you shepherd your church members well? How do you grow your church? How do you solve the, solve the financial problems in a church? Is it because when you talk about shepherding, shepherding is very broad. It's very broad. Not having good music in your church can lead to bad shepherding. Oh yeah. I mean, there are people who come to our churches and what keeps them there is the choir, the music. Is the music. Hallelujah. Knowing what to do is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is why he's in your life. That's why he's in your life. He knows. He knows. In Acts chapter 27, when Paul was being taken as a prisoner to Rome, they got to a place where they were transferred into another ship to continue. And in Acts chapter 27 and verse 10, look at it. Acts chapter 27 and verse 10. Paul stood up and said, the Bible says, and he said unto them, says, I perceive, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Not only of the laden and ship, but also of our lives. He said, I perceive, the word perceive means I know. 
I can see. I understand. Said, I know. I know. How did he know? He knew because the Holy Spirit that was working with them has made him to know. Continue. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship. The chief guard who was taking care of the prisoners, he believed eh, the master of the ship. You see, he was not being influenced by this Holy Spirit. He was being influenced by other factors. Most of the time, the reason why we are making bad decisions in ministry, we are doing the wrong things, we are, we are, we are coming up with the wrong strategies, is because we are considering our own factors. Not what the Holy Spirit knows and is revealing to us. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because, watch this, and because the heaven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence. The more part advised. The majority of the people, no, 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 it's time for us to go. When you're a pastor, you cannot be guided by majority voices. You cannot be guided by the committee in the church. You must be guided by the helper. Jesus said, I'll send you a helper. You don't know how to do the work, but I will send you a helper. Listen, the difference between successful pastors and unsuccessful pastors is the ability to allow this helper to help you in the ministry. Your reliance on him, your flow of him, your ability to listen. Your ability to listen. Your ability to listen, to hear, and to know. Everybody was saying, no, 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 let's go. Everybody was saying, let's go. The more God advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attend to furnace and there to winter, which is an, an heaven of great, and lie toward the southwest, and northwest. And watch the next verse. Look at this. Everybody, look at this. And when the sound, the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing theirs, they sailed close by a crate. Many of us are looking at the blowing of the wind in the ministry. They, they said, wow, the wind is very calm. The wind is very calm so we can sail. Because, because ships normally sail when the wind is calm. <laughs> Every ship master would like to sail. They look for calm winds. So immediately they felt that the winds were calm. They said, look, it is time to move. But remember, Paul has said, I perceive. I know. I know. I know. 
I know it is not by feeling, it is not by might, it is not by power, it is not by what you think, but it is by what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Hello? There are a lot of things that the Holy Spirit has been telling you over the years in your ministry. But because you don't know him, do you see? Because you don't know him, the Holy Spirit, as a person in your life, even when he speaks, you don't know his voice. So, they took off, verse 14, but not long after, <laughs> but not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Leoclidon, and the confusion started. They took off because the winds were soft. But God knew what was coming. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit has knowledge. Depend on the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And the knowledge of the Holy Spirit will make you a better shepherd. That is why Jesus said, John 14, 26. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you. He will bring all things to your mind. He will teach you. He will bring you knowledge. What he has called you to do. Can I have an amen? amen? Number two. The Holy Spirit is a person because he has a will. A will. A will. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. But all this wicked, that one, and the self-same spirit, dividing unto every man, Severally, as he will. The Holy Spirit has a will and he wants to guide you into his will. That is why Jesus said, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Because God has his will and his will is transmitted through the Holy Spirit that he has sent into your life. Hello? He wants to guide you into his will. Now, there are a lot of things that we do in ministry and sometimes it even works. Not because that is the will of God, but out because of your stubbornness, God has just decided that just continue. Amen. God said about Ephraim, for Ephraim has given himself to idols, and he said, Leave it. If you don't flow in the will of God, you get to a stage where God leaves you. 
And I'm saying that sometimes what you are doing is even working. But it doesn't mean that is the will of God. That is why in Matthew 7, Jesus said on that day, many will come unto me and say, Lord, I preached in your name. I did miracles in your name. I built churches in your name. I did that in your name. And he said, no, 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 depart from me. Papa Hagen, Papa Hagen was called by God to be a prophet. His principal calling was to be a prophet. Now, when he started his ministry, the first 12 years he was pastoring, he pastored for 12 years, the first 12 years. And then God told him, You have not started your ministry. After 12 years, everything that you have done is zero. That is why the Holy Spirit is in your life. Because the Holy Spirit, all right, transmits to you the will of God. Hallelujah. I hear you go. The Holy Spirit transmits to you the will of God. So he has, he has a will. He has a will. He has a will. And he wants to transmit the will. What God wants you to do. In your ministry. Over the years. I've watched. As my father in the ministry. Bishop Dad. Has stayed on course like this. He has stayed on course like this. So winning. Planting churches. Raising up leaders. Emphasizing on the work of God. He has stayed like this. Why? Because he's convinced. That that is the will of God. For, for him. For him. Maybe for others. They have something else. But once... He believed that this is the will of God. And it is when you do the will of God that God will bless you. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 1 and 2. How does promotion comes? How does promotion comes? And it shall come to pass it down, shall hearken diligently. Shall hearken diligently. Shall hearken diligently. Unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I commanded this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and this blessing shall come over you and overtake you. The blessings, the promotion, the greatness in the ministry is connected to your obedience to the will of God. But listen, you don't know the will of God. That is why Jesus sends you. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has the will of God. And therefore, is transmitting the will of God to you. Hallelujah. I hear you go home. Number three. The Holy Spirit is a person. I'm talking to you about why the Holy Spirit is a person. Because remember, you can never really 
get the help of somebody unless you understand who they are. If you think the Holy Spirit is an unseen force, how can he help you? If you think there is some wind that is blowing somewhere, how can he help you? Are you getting that? If you think there is just some creature flying through the, 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 the atmosphere, how can he help you? But immediately you understand that he's a person with you, a divine person. And you see, let me show you this. What makes you a person is not your body. Personality has nothing to do with the physical body. Personality has got everything to do with will, emotions, intellect. So the Holy Spirit does not have corporate a body. But he is a person. That is the difficulty. Because it's like, why is he? Why is he? Why is he? Why is he? But how many of you can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit when he's there? Yes. Yes. Now, watch this. How many of you have realized that sometimes you know somebody so well that when you are in a place and the person comes, even if your eyes is not set on the person, you know that that person is there. Sometimes by the shouts that you hear, sometimes by some appellations that you know you hear in the in the in the air, sometimes by the the body, you know, scent, sometimes by the the, the perfume that the person uses, it, it is an indication to you that this person is here. Therefore, you don't need to see somebody before you realize that they are there. Hallelujah. He has a mind. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. And he that searcheth the hearts Know what, what is the mind of the spirit? Know what, what is the mind of the spirit? Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit has a mind. <laughs> now, because he has a mind, the Holy Spirit can. Show us the mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, the Bible says, we have the mind of Christ. In other words, we think the way Christ thinks. How, how are we able to think the way Christ thinks? Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit reveal to you the mind of Christ? How does he do that? By teaching you certain things. By bringing thoughts, ideas into your mind. I mean, suddenly, you are consumed by this strange idea that you cannot pull out. You cannot run away from. It consumes you. The Holy Spirit is showing you something. 
Sometimes you don't, you don't know what to do. And you are praying, Lord, let your will be done. Show me what to do. Open my eyes. And then a, an idea comes into your mind. A thought comes into your mind. A strategy comes into your mind. That is the Holy Spirit giving you the mind of Christ. And that is the reason why he's there. You see, the whole thing is that we are human. And we can never do the work of God on our own. For by strength shall no man prevail. That is why Jesus promised us the helper. To help us to know the will of God. To help us to be in the will of God. To help us to have the mind of God. And he does that because the Holy Spirit in our lives is a person. It's a divine person. It's not some wind blowing somewhere. It's not some, some force that is just moving somewhere. He's a divine person in your life. Oh yeah. Amen. May the Holy Spirit reveal to you the will of God. May the Holy Spirit infuse your mind with the mind of God. May the Holy Spirit evacuate from your mind your own ideas, your own strategies, your own thoughts. May the Holy Spirit let you understand what God wants you to know. That is why he's with you. Your sheep are scattering. You have done all that you have to do, including gathering them. But like Bishop Prince was saying, even when you want to gather them, some people don't want to be gathered. And he said, like, what should I do? That is why he's with you. He will whisper so so you just get an illumination this is what I must do this is what I must do listen I want you to leave from this conference tonight knowing that in your life there's a real person it's working with you He's working with you. And you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He wouldn't intrude into your life. But once you turn to him, once you turn to him, acknowledge him, he will speak to you. He will direct you. He will direct you. Hallelujah. He has a mind. Amen. Now, thank you. Number four, the Holy Spirit is a person because he has love. He has love. <laughs> Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Now, I beseech you, brethren, 
for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the love of the Spirit. And for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. He is the one that fills us with love for the sheep of God. The Holy Spirit is the one eh, that fills our hearts with love for the sheep of God. How many of you know that sometimes it's difficult to love some of the sheep? Eh? Eh? Sometimes it's difficult to love some of the sheep. But as a shepherd, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to fill your heart with love. Love for the sheep. Watch this. Jesus asked Peter three times, John 21, 15, 16, 17, do you love me? Peter said, I love you. He said, demonstrate the love by loving my sheep. A clear demonstration that as a shepherd, you love me. Jesus, is that you love what I love. But the love of God, God is love. But how do we get the love of God? Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. And hope, make it not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. Who gives us the love of God? The Holy Spirit. As a shepherd, pray all the time. I pray that prayer all the time. I say, Lord, fill my heart with love for the sheep. You know, pastors, we can easily not love sinners. Oh, yeah. And many of us don't love sinners. That is why we don't make any effort as part of our ministry in reaching out to sinners. We don't bother. We have problems. Throughout the whole year, we have problems. You know, Two years ago or so, I was um, driving in town and I saw a billboard. I saw Evangelistic Conference by Reverend Steve Benson. I shouted and I said, wow! Evangelistic Conference? Because no matter what we see, conference on money, on banking, on prosperity, on promotion, on upward movement progressing to the next level but a conference that is focused on soul winning when I saw him as, 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 as a reverend, God bless you God bless you God bless you that is why the Holy Spirit is there to give us love for the loss every time Jesus saw the loss he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. Jesus was surrounded 
my sinners. Most times he was criticized because if you are the son of God, you should be far away from sinners. In Luke 15, Jesus was surrounded by sinners and, 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 and it was like, why? Why? That is why he told us two parables. He said, which of you, if you had 100 sheep and you lost one, will not leave the 99 and go searching for the one? And when you find it, you carry it happily and sing it. And he said, he said, the kingdom of God is like a woman who dropped a coin and he lights a lamp and searches for it until he finds it. He was talking about the importance of sinners. The importance of sinners. Pastors, our business, our currency is souls. We can do everything, but if we are not winning the lost, we have missed. We have missed the mark. The reason why Jesus came was sinners. He declared his intentions on earth. Luke 19.10, he said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He had love. In John 8, they brought him a woman that had been taken in adultery. There was no ambiguity about it. It was clear. And the punishment was also clear. But he looked at the woman and said, you deserve another chance. That demonstrates great love that Jesus had for sinners. One of the reasons why we don't have that love is because the Holy Spirit is with us. Do you understand it? And he's speaking to our hearts. But we don't even know. See, every time you have an idea, go and have a crusade, have an outreach, uh, speak with this person. Are you getting that? That is the expression of the love of God for the sinner, which is pouring into your heart. But, but our hearts are filled with love for other things. And those other things have clouded the love of God for sinners. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has love. Pray that the Holy Spirit will fill your hearts. The Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. He's a supplier of the love of God. The Holy Spirit is a supplier of the love of God. As we are shepherding the sheep, any sheep that you find in God to love, ask the Holy Spirit to give you love for that person. As a shepherd, he said, Lord, help me to love this serial fornicator. About two years ago, in one of my services, 
you know, we realized that the service had been infiltrated by the demon of fornication. Oh yeah. Hardly did a week pass that a lady had not become pregnant. All kinds of stories. So I decided to use the power of teaching. You see, pastors, you must solve the problems in the church through the power of teaching. A missionary sent me a test. Bishop, give me a message to preach this month. I replied, what is it that you want to solve in your church? What is it? What is the problem? What do you want to address? What do you want to address? Don't you eat food or drink depending on the demand of the time. I mean, you have gone five days without food and finally you, you have come home and all that they are going to serve you is water plus two biscuits. It is, it is food, but it is not the appropriate food based on the demand that you have now. So I did a long series, something like about 12, 10 or 12 weeks on fornication. Yeah. And I saw the word of God cleansing the church. Demons. You know, after I prayed for about six weeks, I started inviting people to the front to pray for them. And demons of fornication and lust and all that were flying around. But one day as I was preaching, then one of my pastors heard something that somebody said. So the person said, these people, he mentioned the service. When are they going to stop fornication so that bishop can move on? fill your heart with love for the sheep. May the Holy Spirit fill your heart with love for the sheep. Every sheep that you cannot love, may the Holy Spirit supernaturally infuse your heart with love for them. If you are a real pastor, you are going to find it difficult to love all the sheep. But, but a pastor is a gatherer. A pastor is not a scatterer. So Jesus said, whosoever does not gather with me, scatters. A real pastor, please sit down, is at pains at losing even one sheep. A real pastor. When I was a younger pastor, I didn't understand this. My senior pastor, Bishop Sam, is one of the greatest pastors you can have. The pastor's heart. He's going to preach at this conference. I was with him in Tema for about five or six years. And then there will be church members who are really some way. Really, really some way. 
turn against him, not responding, and all that. So you have a meeting and talk to them. Sometimes they'll be, then I'll tell them, I said, leave them to me. Leave them to me. I'll sack them from the church. I'll sack them from the church. That, then he'll tell me, yes! But over the time, I saw how he managed to meander his way with the shepherdorial heart. Shepherding starts with the heart of the shepherd. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, the scripture says, Keep the heart of all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. God bless you. Life comes out of the heart of a person. I learned that thing from him. I learned it so well. And he said, that is what brings church growth. If you keep sucking all the fornicators, liars, those who don't pay tight, those who don't give offerings, those who don't come for outreach, if you keep sucking them, you have a church. What you need is that Holy Spirit. That is why you are here. I cannot love these people, but you have love. Can you fill my heart with love for the people? Receive the love of God by the power of the Holy Ghost. I always tell, I always tell Bishop Sam, I said, I tell him, you taught me well to be a good pastor. Yeah. Until I think that it affected me to the extreme. One time I was having a meeting of my pastors. I was an overseer of many pastors. And then there were some pastors who were really, really misbehaved. Really. And I was dealing with them gently. And then a pastor, a couple, they were pastors, who were with me in Tema. They looked at me and they said, Reverend, you have changed. You have changed. I said, why? They called me a cypress. Say, you, you bad these people. We know that by now you have thrown them into the Indian Ocean. That is why the Holy Spirit is with you. Hallelujah. It's because even though we are pastors, sometimes our hearts are wicked. Sometimes the reason we are pastoring is for other motives, not for the love of the sheep. Sometimes it's because of what we can get from them. So if we are not getting that from them, it becomes a problem to really love them. That is why the Holy Spirit is with you. You'll be touching your heart and say, brother, receive God's love. Because God's love is unconditional love. It doesn't, it doesn't depend on whether you are this or you are that or you are that. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? It's a person. Remember, I'm talking about the personality of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have realized that he's a person now? Yes. yes. Yeah. Have you seen another monkey teaching another monkey before? One monkey, he has called a group of monkeys, explained to them, you know, how they can overcome human beings in the forest. Have you seen before? No. 
they have some instincts, you know, some ability to, but real mind, real minds are the preserve of humans. That's what makes us persons. Hallelujah. Next one, he can be grieved. He's a person because he can be grieved. He can be grieved. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And grieve not. As a shepherd, your disobedience and stubbornness to the voice of the Holy Spirit can greatly grieve him. As a shepherd, your disobedience and stubbornness to the Holy Spirit and his voice and his guidance can greatly grieve him, make him sad. In Genesis 6, God said, my spirit shall not strive of man any longer. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can grieve him. You can receive joy from him. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. When you are joyous, you laugh. I've never seen an animal laughing before. Or a tree laughing before. Amen? Listen. Sometimes as a shepherd, as a pastor, you take a decision and then you find this, you know, unexpected explainable sadness or lack of liberty in your spirit. Do you understand it? You don't feel free. You, 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 you don't, there is something, there is something. Do you understand it? It's a sign that you are grieving the spirit about what you are trying to do. But it's often, you know, that, that's what, God willing, tomorrow, I'll be sharing with you how to relate with him. Now that you know him, how to relate with him. But, but not knowing him is what makes us stubborn. Balaam. Balaam. Look, he became so stubborn that now God was deciding, how can I speak to him? God said, okay, let me open the mouth of a donkey to speak to him. Some of us the way we are going, one of these days, your chair at your office will speak to you. No, you'll be sitting in the office and the chair, the chair on which you sit, will just, will just begin to speak and say that, why are you not listening to my voice? You, you run away from your office. It took God to use a donkey. 
it shows the level of stubbornness that Balaam was exhibiting. Yeah, watch this. Watch this. For those of us who are married or have very serious relationships, haven't you seen that if the other person's emotion changes, the other person is not happy about something, you can notice it. You can notice it. You can notice it. Sometimes you say something and the person goes quiet for two days. That person who is normally your wife or your husband who is normally happy walking out has gone quiet. You understand? You have done something to grieve the person. Similarly, if you are conscious of the Holy Spirit, you see, you need to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. You need to be conscious that as a pastor, as a church worker, as a minister, there is somebody in your life who is there working with you. Helping you to do the work that God has given to you. And you must have internal spiritual senses to sense the mood of the Holy Spirit. Now, talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, when it gets so worse, now the scripture now says, and quench not the Spirit. Now, at that point, you don't feel His presence anymore. He doesn't speak to you anymore. He doesn't guide you anymore. He withdraws. He withdraws. And that is danger. That is danger. Anytime the spirit withdraws, we are in danger. Watch this. Samson, his eyes have been taken off. He was just about to die. And then he held on to the pillars and listened to his prayer. Lord, one more time, let your spirit come upon me. That means that, that means that he has sensed the absence of the spirit. God called him. He was into all these type of lives. Ladies all over. When Saul died, when Saul died, in 2 Samuel chapter 1, eh, David lamented. But one of the things that he said, he said, Saul had died as one who was not anointed. In other words, in other words, if the anointing is upon you, alright, Psalm, Psalm 89 verse 20, I have found my servant David and with my holy oil have I anointed him. One of the benefits is that the enemy shall not exact upon The enemy shall not exact. The enemy shall not be able to bring him under subjection or hate him. Which means that the anointing protects us. And so 
if you take away the anointing, your protection has left you. In First Samuel chapter 16, when the prophet Samuel took a jar of oil and poured it on the head of David, in First Samuel chapter 16 from verse 13, the Bible said that and from that day, the spirit of the Lord came upon David. Now, which spirit was that? The spirit to be the king of Israel. If it came upon David, then it, means it has removed from Saul. And Bible scholars tell us that on the, from the day that David was anointed, it took another 20 years before he became the king. So which means that for 20 years, Saul served as the king, but without the presence. And why? 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 Because in first Samuel chapter 22, God said, you have been stubborn. You have been stubborn. You have been stubborn. Stubbornness is when you don't yield. A shepherd must have a yielded heart. A yielded heart. A shepherd must be yielded. Flexible. Malleable in the hands of the Lord. He bends you here, he bends you. He bends you here, he bends you. Better is a poor and a wise child than an old king who cannot, who cannot be corrected. Many of us pastors are old kings that God cannot correct, cannot correct by his spirit. So we, we grieve that spirit. We quench the spirit. Sometimes, sometimes, you, 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 it's like, it's like, what is happening? There are some of us here, there were years in your life that when you stood, you felt the oil. You felt the fire. You felt the heat. You felt the presence. But if you are going to be honest with yourself, it's no more there. Do you understand it? Eh? The Holy Spirit that is with you, you see, you, you don't know him, so you have kicked him away. You have kicked him away. And some of us, we even feel that some of the things that we do makes us anointed. We don't cherish the presence, we don't cherish the anointing. We sent a Bible student several years ago to go and do practical ministry work in the rural area. When he went, he started chasing one of the ladies in the church. He went to the room of the lady wanting to sleep with her. And the lady said, no, but you are a pastor. You are a pastor. You are a pa the lady said, you are a pastor. Do you know what he said? He said, when I fornicate, I become more anointed. Listen. Listen. When David, listen to that, David called himself the anointed one. 
himself the anointed one. And God himself said, I've anointed him. Now, by the time his issues with Bathsheba had ended, David felt something. He felt something. He felt something. He now felt that when he raised up a song, the presence was no more there. No, no, he felt it. So he ran to the house of God and said, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He sends it. He sends it. When, when you realize, when you recognize the Holy Spirit as a, as a person with you, alright, when, when it's far, you can sense it. Haven't you seen that? Even in human life, you can be close to somebody, but based on what has happened, there now becomes a distance. Anything that has removed the Holy Spirit from your life. I pray that the grace of God will be given to you to be restored, to come back, to go away from that thing. In the name of the Lord Jesus, may he restore unto you the joy of your salvation. Cast me not away from thy presence not away from thy presence. Restore to me. Take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. He sends it. When you walk with somebody, when you walk with somebody closely for a long time and the person leaves you, you will know it. Those of you young men, please sit down. In relationships, when the relationship is working, 2 a.m., WhatsApps and text messages are flying. 2 a.m., you are more than President Trump. But watch this. Suddenly, the WhatsApps become like once a day. Three, once in three days. So you begin to, ah, but these days, you don't test me. And then, there are reasons that, oh, I don't have credit. Listen. When guys or ladies are in love, whether they have credit or they don't have credit. of no credit as a, mm. tonight 
Do you sense his presence? The way you used to sense. Hey. Anything that quenches, grieves the spirit, you must make sure. But you see, the point I'm trying to make is that eh, you must even know that he has that emotion. You must know it, that the Holy Spirit, you can grieve him. You can quench him. You must know it. You must be Holy Spirit conscious. Yeah. How many of you are beginning to know the Holy Spirit? It's a person. A person. When Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter. He was not talking about some inanimate object, a force, a hurricane or something. He was talking about a person. That's why he said, another, somebody just like me. And he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come back to you. The life of an orphan, the life of an orphan is a very difficult life. And because the reason why his life is difficult is because he doesn't know his father. He doesn't know his mother. When you don't know your mother or your father, you are an orphan. And you are doomed most of the time for a hard life. When you don't know the Holy Spirit who has been sent to you in the ministry as your helper, you are doomed for a hard life difficult ministry. What do you think? Hmm? Hallelujah. We'll continue tomorrow. No, we are supposed to close at seven. Listen. Listen. Before I sit down, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you the most important person in your life as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a church worker, as a church founder, the most important person. His name is called the Holy Spirit. Stand to your feet and clap your hands for Jesus. Lift up your hands and just love him. Love him. Love him. Welcome him into your life. up your hands everybody love him welcome him a real person we welcome your holy spirit 
We welcome your Holy Spirit. 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 Lili Mosika Turi Mayokabala. Rekomomori Bazibro Kolobo Shabalia. Rikatone Bobali Brekatone Bazadis Lord, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, we welcome you. We, we welcome you to welcome you into our lives, into our ministries. We welcome you, Holy Ghost. We welcome you into our lives. We welcome you into our ministries. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. We, we welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Ghost. La Cotaba, Ricordia Talala, Imasia Cordaba, Rally Lalabosa, Iamara Lalabosa, Ricatonia, Ila Lima Catiandele, Ripapa Lima Saba, Ricotaliama, Ripapa Lima Satua, Irasonea, Raconaba Yaka, Ila Lila Lala, Rapapalia, Rasa Jesus said, if you love me, John 14, 15, obey my commandments, verse 16, and I will pray the Father that he might send to you another comforter. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it knoweth him not, but you know him oh. and he shall be in you and with you I will not leave you comfortless I will come back oh. to you go home having a strong consciousness of the Holy Spirit Spirit. 
Be filled with his presence. Be filled with his power. Go in the power of the Spirit. May the presence of the Lord come back into your ministry. Come back into your life. Make you a better shepherd. Make you an effective shepherd. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus' name. Amen.